This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we head towards the 4th of July weekend. Uh, amazing where the year goes. I mean, it just rockets by. Uh, first thing, you're waiting for spring to come. You're waiting for the opening of the baseball season. You know, you're waiting for the first days that warm up. And next thing you know, it's the 4th of July. Next thing you know, training camp's open. Boom. And, you know, the, I've always said this. When I leave Saratoga, um, and my Saratoga schedule is a little different this year because I have to take two kids to college, uh, so it, it, does inter- it does interrupt, which is fine, but it does change my schedule in Saratoga this year. When I leave Saratoga for the last time, it's to me when football season starts. I, when I'm driving down the throughway uh, or driving down whatever road I might be on, usually a throughway, um, uh, the feeling changes where you're coming home and you think, all right, here we go, it's football season. And uh, that's right around the corner before you know it, uh, because we have hit the 4th of July weekend. Saratoga opens in two weeks, uh, and uh, it will be a very, very interesting uh, Saratoga meet. Um, remember, as always, the good folks at Bet Rivers and their app, which is uh, all you need, and it continues to improve all the time. Go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your wagering needs for anything you may need, whether it's baseball, whether it's golf, whether it's uh, thinking about the futures in uh, college football or the NFL. Uh, go to the Bet Rivers app, and for all of your wagering needs in the metropolitan area, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. I'll be. Uh, making an appearance for uh, Bet Rivers in at Top Golf in Jersey on the, I believe, the 27th of July. I'll update you on it exactly later on, but I believe it's the 27th of July that we, I will be there uh, for Bet Rivers at top, the Top Golf, I think, in Morristown, but I'll give you all the details when we get a little closer. Um, but I know I have that uh, on the schedule. Um, couple of things before I get to some emails. The Mets continue to sink. They, more than any bunch of people anywhere, cannot wait for the calendar to turn to July because June has been the swoon. You know, they, the San Francisco Giants became famous for what was the, called the June swoon. They were the team that every year, or it seemed every year, they, they went into a whole went into a funk every June and they were notorious for the June swoon. No team has had a bigger uh, June swoon than the Mets have had. As a matter of fact, the Mets right now are historically bad for a team that's coming off a hundred win season. Right now they have the worst record in the history of any team in the history of baseball for any team that has uh, come off a hundred win season and put forth this kind of year. And they, they have reached where you go in team sports when you hit a level that is a level of 
utter despair. And that is where every, every bounce goes the wrong way. And you can sense in the entire squad where they just wait for the other shoe to drop. Last night, a perfect example, okay? Scherzer gets hit by the one guy in the lineup who's in the lineup to hit Scherzer. And he gives up a long two-run home with that guy. So that lead's gone away. They give up a run out of the bullpen on, you know, you know, seeing eye hits, you know, infield hits, hit batters. They can't catch pop-ups. I mean, uh, it's, it's – and then, of course, Marte hits into a double play in the seventh with the bags loaded, hits into uh, – strikes out with the bags loaded in the ninth – uh, just awful. I mean, they cannot get out of their own way. Milwaukee's had a great year winning one-run games. Uh, the Mets have made it an art form now uh, as they continue to find ways to lose one-run games and all games, as a matter of fact. And they have had just the worst of Junes. They have one more day of June as they welcome the uh, hot giants into their uh, building this evening. Uh, but I told you before, they are 36 and 45. I would declare that they would not make the playoffs when they got to 10, if they touched 10 games. They have played half the schedule now. I said if they touched 10 games out in the wild card, I would say I don't think they will make the playoffs. They have hit nine. They are nine games out in the wild card. Forget the division, okay? I, I am not the least bit surprised by Atlanta. I picked Atlanta and Houston, and I still have no problem with Houston. I think they'll get healthier. I think they'll be better. I think their lineup will consolidate. I think they'll get everybody back healthy. I think they'll straighten out their injuries and their pitching issues, and I think they will make the playoffs, and I think they will be extremely dangerous and will get to another World Series, and I think the Braves will be waiting, and I picked Atlanta and Houston and Atlanta to win the World Series. That was my prediction this year, Atlanta over Houston in the World Series. And I, I like my chances with both teams now. And Atlanta is the best team in baseball right now. And the lead over the Mets is obviously, you know, reached insane proportions. They are now 17 and a half games behind Atlanta. Okay, They couldn't find Atlanta with a map right now. All right, So uh, the bottom line is, they right now are inches away, inches away from at least my feeling that they will not make the postseason. Yes, they have half a season to play, but they would have to beat so many teams. They would have to play so much above 500 to get anywhere near the wild card. Um, I don't think – I think this has to stop, and I think it has to stop now. You could draw a line in the sand right today if you want. Because they've hit nine games out in the wild card. As for the Yankees, hey, the Yankees, I never thought I'd see the day where the Yankees would get giddy about winning two games against a team that might be as bad as any team that's ever played baseball. I mean, the Oakland A's are winning 25% of their games. The Yankees went into that series, 20 and 60 the A's were. And the Yankees lost game one. And then... Had a couple, you know, obviously Ramon pitched a perfect game, but they actually scored some runs in two straight games. And the Yankees, you would have thought, oh, we're murderers row again. Hey, of course you got 10 runs against the A's. 
everybody has got 10 runs against the A's this year. The A's have given up double digits, I would bet you, 25 times this year. I mean, they have been insanely bad. They have one of the worst ERAs in the history of baseball. They're right now historically one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. I mean, the Yankees can't get giddy about that. You know, beat some other teams before you get giddy. Score some other runs against, score runs against some other pitchers before you get that. I mean, do not get giddy about the A's. I mean, that is just comical. I never thought I'd see the Yankees get to that level. Oh, boom. Oh, I can see us exploding. You're playing the A's. They have nothing in the pen. They got a couple of decent arms, and you didn't hit those guys hard. And you got in the pen, and you went crazy. Well, you know what? Everybody goes crazy against them in the pen. That's just the way it is. It's happened all year that way. That's the way it's always been. But you know what? Against Harris yesterday, you know, they got four runs off him. Big deal. They went in the pen, and they, you know, next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. I mean, I do not think you want to get excited about that. Let's, let's, let's put more of a sampling forward before that's the case. Although, like I said, I don't have any issues with the Yankees making the plus. I think they will. I think they will as a wild card. I don't think there's any. I think they will solidify in the second half, solidify a very strong wild card position. I don't think there's any question about it. I do not think they'll win the division. The Knicks are in the news, obviously. And there's a lot of talk about a lot of things right now. But let me say this in the most emphatic of terms. If the Knicks go near Harden, they are out of their minds. I I pray they don't do that. They are headed in the right direction. If they go near Harden, they are out of their minds. I know people have, are saying nice things about the Celtics with Porzingis. Let me tell you something. Why do you think Porzingis has been on four teams? He is a guy who wrecks cultures. He doesn't improve cultures. He wrecks them. You don't want a selfish individual who cares nothing about team concept like Harden on your team. You don't. Now, if they want to bring Dante DiVincenzo in here as, as a role player, fine, go ahead. I mean, listen, you know my affinity for Villanova players. And I like him. I always have. That's fine. That's not a big deal. And I want to see them get the player that they need. But it is not hardened, please. That would be a, an epic, epic mistake. It would be a mistake that would ruin everything they have done. The answer is no. No, no, no. Your emails when we come. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I am told that it's Edison for Top Golf, so uh, I want to make sure I get the right town. So we will be in Edison, not Morristown. So Edison for Top Golf. Let me get that. And that's the 27th of. 27th of. Uh, July. All right. Emails. Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Lindor. This is Robert. Lindor hit his 200th home run. Only a ninth. Uh, ninth uh, something only five other shortstops have done in Major League history. Now that the shift is banned, we've got to see what he can do defensively. He's also a leader on the team. You know, he stands in front of his locker. I don't know if he's a leader. He doesn't get in charge with all the players. His relationship with McNeil is very weird. 
Um, but he does stand in front of his locker and <clears throat> patiently answer questions. He does talk about his shortcomings. Robert says, I think he's actually underrated. All right. First of all, when you're making the amount of money he's making, you're not underrated. Number two, let's look at the plus side of Lindor. Plays every day, plays every inning. Good fielder. And has power. Knocks in runs. Hits home runs for a shortstop. He's very, very streaky from the left side, to say the least. He's much better from the right side, but a lot of switch hitters are. I think he's a good to very good player. I don't think he's a great player. I don't think he's a franchise player. And he's getting paid very, very well. But I don't think he's the problem in any way. Mark, even it's possible for the Yankees to have a big enough trade deadline to fill the holes they need. Do you believe they are serious World Series contenders? Um, They have a chance, but I don't think they have a team that is built the right way. I think this team is built very poorly. It is uh, incredibly reliant, obviously, on Judge. I don't like – they have a lot of dead wood. They put a lot of bad hitters in the lineup. It's a lineup that has no depth. And I don't trust, despite the live arms in the bullpen, I don't trust the bullpen. The starting pitching comes and goes. Uh, I think they're a playoff team. I do not think they're a championship team. I know the Yankee lineup has all kinds of issues, but I think it would be a huge mistake to sign Glavatoros to a long-term contract. Stupidity, sloppy, inconsistent. What do you think? I think you hit on all of it. Sloppy. Not a smart player. Sometimes a lackadaisical player. Clearly a talented player. I would not sign him to a long-term contract. I thought this year the Yankees would trade him. I think just things haven't... uh, I still think they might for what they could use. Uh, I think they can fill that gap. uh, And uh, I think they should if they can. Is Ozzie Smith the only Hall of Famer who was in solely due to his defense? No. The answer is no. There are other guys. But remember, shortstop is a position where defense is a defensive first position. He was a magical defensive player. There are other guys who are in because of their defense at multiple positions, but mostly they at least had decent offensive numbers too. But there are other guys in. How can anyone say Judge is the best player in baseball when there's a guy on pace to hit 60 homers while simultaneously uh, pitching? And that, of course, Otani. Uh, He's on a different level. First of all, okay, Otani... Um, I'm not in love with this whole way of doing it. I, I, and there's no question he has a tremendous amount of talent. No one could ever take that away from him, that he has a tremendous amount of talent. But before you tell me, 
let him hit 60 home runs first, okay? Let him have that season before you compare him to Judge. Now, he is 7-3 and three with a 3 ERA. He's pitched very well. And when you put that with his offense, that says a lot, okay? There's no question about it. That does say a lot, okay? Um, he's had a terrific year this year. He's hit 29 homers. He has 66 RBIs. His OPS is over one. So he has really had a special year, no question about it. But, okay, he hasn't had that year. He hasn't had that year yet in his career. I mean, he did hit 46 home runs in 21. He hit 34 in 22. He's going to hit a lot more this year. Um, he has raised his OPS a lot this year. Last year, he was 875. This year, he's, you know, over, over one. Um, Judge's year last year was that good. So, Atani's in a different place. It's very hard to take the pitching and the hitting. And you're going to have to evaluate all of it in terms of how many games he plays each way and take the evaluation that way, okay? That's the way to do this. Um, If he wins 15 games and hits 15 home runs, yes, he's in a category that we haven't seen before. So I'd have to say that. But he hasn't done that yet. So let's see him do it first. Okay, let's let's let that happen. Is he a unique talent? Yes. Did I ever think we'd see something like this? No, I didn't, to be honest with you. No, I didn't. But it would also be nice if the team he was on did win something once in a while. Now, I know Judge hasn't won a World Series. Okay? And I think, you know, Judge last year just became the best player in baseball. I don't think he was that before that. I think last year he had a special season. He had one of the great years we've had in many years. It wasn't the greatest year since Babe Ruth. He did not have as good a year as Bonds. He didn't have as good a year as Bonds' best year. He didn't have as good a year as Mantle's years in 56 and 57. Those are three of the greatest years of all time. But he had an incredibly good year, no question about it. So, hey, Atani's in a different, he's in, this is in a different place. But let's see how impactful all that is when you add it all up, including how well the team does. I enjoyed your segment on different ballparks. I'm taking my dad to PNC Park in Pittsburgh in September to see the Yanks. I'm curious, have you been there and your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. First of all, let me say this about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's an underrated town. It's a lot nicer town. It's a lot more scenic town than you would think. And seeing it in the summertime, you'll see that. Number two, it's a very nice ballpark. I like the ballpark. I like everything about it. Okay? It's a very nice ballpark. And Pittsburgh, like I said, is a very underrated town. So you'll have a good time. Jeff and Dobbs Ferry. I called some private golf clubs in recent years to inquire about joining and was stunned at what the fees are. Well, first of all, the best way to join a private club is to go through a member who will put you up for, once you find out what the fees are, go, if you know a member of that club, which I'm sure you probably would at a lot of different clubs, you have that member put you up for membership. 
Um, I was stunned at what the fees are. Do you see exclusive private golf being less popular with younger generations in the future? Well, golf is red hot right now, number one. Number two, first of all, there is golf for everybody, from public courses to courses that are semi-private, which means you can be a member or you can uh, pay a day rate, to the club that is the -the run-of-the-mill club, to the clubs that are highly exclusive and cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get into. So there's, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes for people. And let me say this about private golf. Uh, I do belong to a couple of golf clubs. Um, there are a lot of them on Long Island. They are some of the best ones anywhere on Long Island. There are a lot in the metropolitan area. There's a lot in, in Connecticut. There's a lot in Jersey. There's a lot throughout the metropolitan area. I mean, it's, it, our area is a wonderfully fertile area for great golf courses, historic golf courses, um, because of the way the country was settled and the way golf came here and moved through the culture and the community. Um, most of golf at the private club level is generational. Families hand it down, father to son, father to daughter. Um, Women now play a lot more than they did in the past. Um, What happens is they all have programs to let youngsters as they go into the business world, into the club, because they want to keep them as members going forward. And they understand that there's an aging process that they need to have younger members. Um, But most of it is handed down generationally where the kids grow up around the country club. Uh, First, they might eat there. They might go to the pool there. They might go to a junior program there, depending on whether it's just a golf club or more of a country club which might have tennis and swimming and some things for the kids and junior programs and all that stuff. Um, Then they start to play golf. And, you know, they might swim at the club. They might eat at the club. Then they start playing golf at the club, and then the club becomes part of their social life. And that's how it happens, and that's how these clubs stay alive. I think there was a point where these clubs were very worried about this, but golf has really gotten very hot now again. It had a period where it was not hot. And, pro- and public golf courses with high day rates were dying off. And right now, golf is very hot again. It got very hot during the pandemic because it was one of the things you could go out and do. And that really gave golf an enormous resurgence. So, like I said, I think there's something for everybody based on your economics in golf. You might be someone who wants to pay to play at a country club where you have, and what do you get there? Well, some people use it as a place to socialize. A lot of people use it as just a place to play golf. And if they do, what they like about it is they don't have, a lot of clubs you don't have to wait to play golf. You can just walk out and play. Most days, it's very few days where you actually uh, need a tee time or have to worry about it. You know, at a lot of clubs, especially the more exclusive ones, you can just jump out and play anytime you want which is a great luxury. So, uh, and also, 
there's a lot of people who belong who might have done well in life. They like having uh, their roots into a lot of different clubs so they can have a variety of playing different courses. So I think right now golf is very hot, and I think its future is pretty secure right now. Matthew emails, wanted to know if you were looking forward to seeing the Jets on hard knocks this year. I think that is, if the Jets and, is it now confirmed that the Jets, Mons, is it confirmed that the Jets are hard knock or is it still up in the air that they're hard knocks? Or is they, are they confirmed now they're hard knocks? I think it's just up in the air, but I'll, I'll okay. check. There's been talk I know of the Jets being, I don't know that, that, I haven't seen that that's confirmed yet. If that's confirmed, well, let me say that if the Jets are thinking about it, in this season, with what they are hoping to accomplish, with what they are going to deal with in terms of attention, this is already, to me, a colossal mistake by ownership, general manager, head coach, whoever had input into this, if you have decided to open your training camp and your development time this year to hard knocks, they are complete fools. That is the worst thing they could do right now. They are going to get an incredible amount of attention anyway. They are a team that is going to be very much a now team. They are a team that was, has an improved roster that has a lot of talent and a lot of ability to move forward quickly. And what they have also done is they have made a transition that is, in my mind, the biggest single year-to-year transition to quarterback in the history of the sport. They went from a quarterback situation that was a disaster to a quarterback who is one of the greatest players ever to play the position. They don't need publicity. They don't need the attention. They don't need what hard knock offers. It is a colossal mistake. And to me already one step in the wrong direction. And it worries me if they make this decision. Now I'm not killing them yet because I don't know that it's confirmed. If it is confirmed that they are doing hard knocks, it is already one of the dumber moves they could make. They don't need it. They shouldn't look for it. And if it has been ratified by ownership, the front office, or the head coach, they should all just be ashamed of themselves. It's a dumb move. They don't need publicity. They are going to have to turn them away in training camp. They're going to get so much media attention. I cannot believe they would even be considering this. It is as bad a step as they could possibly make and scares me going forward that they're going to continue to make mistakes. Because you know what? I don't know yet if the Jets and especially their coaching staff is ready for what it means to have Aaron Rodgers in the building. This would be already a step that would show me they don't. I have very high hopes for that team and for Rogers' performance. This would be a colossal mistake. Enjoy your 4th of July week. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.